You're listening to the Lead 'em Up Podcast, powered by Chick-fil-A. Thank you for hanging with us. I am Adam Bradley alongside Kyle Elmendorf of Lead 'em Up. And Kyle, today we're going to be talking about whose responsibility is it? And this stemmed from a recent interaction with one of my teams where it was an interaction, honestly, that is common to teams all across the country of all levels, all sports. But it's one that I think doesn't get discussed um, and broken down in detail the way I think we're going to do that today. And I think a lot of times it just gets glossed over, maybe touched on very high level, but but really needs to kind of dig in more. There needs to be an, uh, a teaching, a level of unpacking with the players to get them to understand their responsibility in this situation. It was a situation and I wasn't there. But the coaches, as they often do, bring me up to speed on a lot of the different dynamics happening with the team during uh, times when I'm not with them. And there was an incident at practice where one of the players uh, spoke up and tried to simply coach up one of their teammates. Very common. Right. I don't know exactly what the player wasn't or was doing, but the player kind of spoke up and tried to correct the behavior and kind of coach up their teammate. And when they did. Uh, it was met with some resistance, Kyle. Uh, the the teammate in this particular regard actually cursed back and told him to shut the F up. All right. And, and maybe it doesn't always get met with that level of resistance, but very common that when we step out to try to lead someone, the other person isn't always receptive. Right. They, they do kind of resist it in some way, shape or form. But in this particular case, the player got a little emotional, told him to shut the F up and at that point, the coach uh, apparently waited a few seconds and then kind of laid into the player. And the coaches were telling me about this incident and kind of filling me up to speed. And as they were sharing it, my, my first question I asked was, after the player responded that way, did any of the other players around jump in or say anything? And the coaches right. said no. They, they said no. And, and that's actually why the coaches delayed for a moment before they jumped in and addressed it. Cause they, I guess they were curious to see if any of the other players were going to say anything. Cause it was something that was taking place on court. So coach was kind of on the side, the, the, the baseline there, right. As practice right. was going on. So coach wasn't in it, right. As it relates to being on court. So he was kind of giving the players time to kind of see if anyone would address it. None of them did. And frankly, Kyle, for me, the conversation almost ended right there. I, I would then became extremely just focused on the fact that none of the other players said a word. And, and I was relatively disappointed about that. And for me, I, I couldn't get past that. And, and for me also, like there was almost a bigger frustration on the fact that none of the other players spoke up and said anything. than my frustration towards that player Right. That player has a little bit of a reputation, so it wasn't completely out of character for them. And you know what? People have red moments. Right. I wasn't as concerned about that. Yes, I don't want to see that repeated. But, man, my focus went to the rest of the team. And there's a lesson here. And we're going to unpack this. Kyle, when you hear this incident, this situation in practice, what, what do you think? First thing that comes to mind, like you said, a red flag and there's a red moment. But 
when I hear you retell that story and then the coach had this moment of pause before addressing or saying anything, that reminds me of the moment of truth that we talk about in one of our exercises. There was a perfect opportunity for something to happen. And, and I can see where your frustration comes into the situation there. But for me, re- hearing that, that moment of truth went by and there's one of three responses that usually happens and one of them occurred, which is not the ideal outcome. So that's definitely something we need to unpack. Yeah. And, and for those that aren't familiar with the moment of truth, we say we, we teach a concept called followership. It's really one's performance level and following the leader. And that we all engage in both leadership at times, but we also all engage in followership at times because nobody leads 24-7, 365. We actually rotate. Uh, it's a constant rotation, hence rotational leadership. But the moment of truth is simply this moment. The moment a leader finishes their leadership pass, okay, so the moment they they end their leadership. So in this case, this one teammate trying to coach up another teammate, the moment they are done, they then enter into this space called the moment of truth. And it's during the exchange from the leader communicating to now the follower communicating. And in this particular case, as the power shifted over to the follower, they did not respond well, right? For all intents and purposes. They were a red follower. In that moment of truth, right there, they they then had an opportunity to perform at a, at a high level in their followership and receive that leadership well, but they didn't, and they were representing what it references being challenging to lead, and and for there, the reason that this for me, Kyle, that we the players needed to play a role in this is because for a couple of reasons, one. I need them to understand first when interactions like that are happening on the team, the responsibility is ours. It's not theirs. And I don't think a lot of young people recognize that. I think a lot of young people think an interaction between those two players is their issue. That's their responsibility. That's between them. And that is wrong. Especially in that setting. Yes. Especially in that setting. And why do you say in that setting? Because it's in a team environment, it'd be different if those two were having a conversation in the locker room, but everyone's present. So therefore, it's an us and it's a we issue rather than a them issue. And and that's where I 100% agree. And that's where I got frustrated because when they don't step in, they're they're making it, they're set, they're separating themselves from the team. They're saying, that's them, I'm over here. And then that can't work. It doesn't work that way. That conversation, that responsibility is ours, not theirs. And it, it's ours for a couple reasons. One, that individual, obviously, that's not responding well, that's a red follower right there. That's a red moment. We talk about in the green team, we want to do everything we can to remove red and that it's a team-wide effort to remove the red behavior. That, that's a clear example. They're demonstrating in front of everybody. That should be a collective wide team effort to say, hey, 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 we don't do that here. Hey, hey, that's not how we roll here. Hey, check yourself. Right. Hey, that's real red. That's a team wide effort that was ignored in that moment. You agree? Agree. hundred percent. That's the team wide lifeguarding moment there. Right. Everyone had a chance to be a lifeguard. People were standing by and it's you're watching it happen. And I think there's some issues that we can get to with that. But you're watching it happen, knowing that it's not right but didn't step out 
to get that person out of the red in that moment. I'm glad you threw in lifeguarding. I mean, there's that connection as well, right? To step in, help prevent your teammate from getting in the red. If they do get in the red, get them out of there, right? Our guy, man, red moment. Listen, happens, happens. I'm more concerned with our response to red than sometimes the red behavior itself. Okay. Right. Cause red behavior emotions are going to play and they're real. Okay. So when I see that happening, I look around and say, wow, somebody was drowning on our team, i.e. in the red, not a single person jumped in to get them out of it. Okay. Team-wide effort to remove red behavior. Not a single person stepped up to try to remove it. That's a problem. Second problem. One of the reasons we teach followership is because when we don't receive leadership from others well, we run the risk of losing them as a leader, right? We talk about that, as you alluded to earlier, in that moment of truth, when a leader steps out to lead and they deliver some leadership, as the moment they stop talking, right before that other person starts talking, that's the moment of truth. If that follower doesn't respond well, we say it discourages the leader, right? Understandably, it discourages them. And when you break down the word discourage, D-I-S means to be far from. It's where you get the word distant. It's, you know, it's where you get the word disappeared. It was here. Now it's gone. When you discourage the leader in that regard, you're, you're removing some of the courage that they have inside them to do it again. And absolutely. You know, it, it, and, and, it has lifelong implications. I mean, that's one of the things I shared with the team this morning as we were going through these exact scenarios. When you run the risk of not being a high level follower, it, you discourage them. But when we're talking about young men and women at the age that we're talking about from middle school to early adulthood, you have such an important role as a teammate to where you can build someone's confidence up for the future in their ability to lead and how they show up as a leader simply by ignoring them. That's a choice. That's one of those responses, but, but ignoring or not stepping in is a negative response. And when that happens, you're right. You discourage that person from wanting to do it in the future because no one stepped in to help them out. I, I step in, I say, Hey, Adam, you need to, we need to do this a little bit better. And you like, Hey Kyle, shut the F up. And then no one else on the team steps in to kind of check that behavior now, if no one's there as the coaching staff to help them out in the future, I'm going to be like, I don't want to challenge anybody. I don't want to ruffle any feathers here because the last time I did that, it wasn't received too well. And I'm always kind of a self-aware and self-conscious of how do I say that or should I say that? Do I have the ability to do that? So it's so important to talk about and to really address because if you don't respond in the appropriate way and encourage that followership and that leadership, uh, you're really going to damage them for the rest of their life. Yeah, I, I do think it has damaging long-term effects. And I've kind of landed on this, Kyle, and I haven't shared it much, but like the three lives of leadership, the three lives of leadership. And I don't think this is a, this isn't a scientific study, right? This is a little anecdotal, right? Based on my experience and observations and such. But I believe generally speaking, the average young person has three lives of leadership. Meaning this, if they step out to lead and it's shut down or met with heavy resistance, we lost a life. Yeah. 
All right. Almost you could say three strikes to leadership, right? Like with, I'm basically talking about the three series of, of attempts and, and maybe they'll do. Okay. So, so I, in this particular case, he steps out to lead his teammate. Teammate doesn't respond well. Right now, all of a sudden, our leader in this situation is discouraged a little bit because not only did the player not respond well, but nobody else even jumped in to have his back. Okay. Well, you know what? He's one step closer to stopping his leadership. And and maybe this young player will, you know, he'll do it again maybe. You know, maybe he'll step in another time. But if it's met with resistance again, we may get one more attempt out of him. At yeah, some one point, life left. one life left. We at some point we will lose him. He will stop speaking up. He will stop fighting for the team. He will stop caring. He will become a little apathetic. He will become a little bit cautious. And and for us, the other reason, in addition to shutting down the red behavior from the the teammates. Uh, that responsibility. The other responsibility as to why this is our responsibility, not theirs, is because if we don't jump in, we are one step closer to losing our guy as a leader. He'll be done. And we'll be sitting there wondering down the road, why doesn't so-and-so lead anymore? Why isn't he trying to help? And like, because his own teammates spoiled it and nobody helped save him. Nobody helped jump in and have his back. So we run the risk that if you don't, he's gone. He's one step closer to losing him. And that, that is why, like, it was funny the other day I was in a, in a session. I, I'm so sensitive to this. Being, you know, being out in front, working with these kids, because I remember about five years ago, and I remember it clear as day, like, you know, we were, I was working with a football team. We were playing one of those fun activities. And there was great energy in the room. And one of the kids was really trying to like get everyone hyped up. And he kind of went a little above and beyond, like, let's go, everyone, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I don't know, I guess just his approach in that moment, like took everyone by surprise. And it wasn't met with um, reception. Like they didn't receive it. They actually kind of laughed at him. And I remember watching him. I remember in the moment, like I caught it. It like just hit me. As we were in the circle, he kind of like smiled, but like one of those embarrassed smiles, like trying to play it off, but yet kind of put it life come out of him. Yeah. You see, it was literally like the life was coming out of him. And I paid attention to it in that moment. And it still bugs me that I didn't have his back in that moment. I just, I watched it and then I just, I just kept it moving right in the exercise. And, and for the rest of my time with him and that team, he never really stepped up again. It was in that moment, he played it safe. Yeah. And, and I always felt like a responsibility that, you know what I say, the three lives of leadership. Well, some players only have two, some only have one. We run the risk of losing that. I let that person, I failed that person. And now I'm very sensitive to it. So I remember just last week I was in a session and I was doing this hypothetical situation where, you know, I was asking like where one of the players was. I I didn't actually need to know where the player was. I saw him. He was in the back of the row or the back of the the room. Yeah. But I was doing this hypothetical, like where's so-and-so, where's so-and-so, where's so-and-so. Like as I was acting out one of the exercises, and one of the kids at the front was like, coach, he, he's back in the back of the room. He's in the last row. You see him over there? And, and I and everyone else knew that I was 
acting, like doing a hypothetical. And they kind of laughed at our guy for actually thinking I was genuinely trying to find where so-and-so was. And they all kind of laughed and clowned him a little bit. And I immediately jumped in. It was like, no, no, no. Hey, quiet, quiet. Honestly, bro, I appreciate you. Because if I really was looking for him, you have my back. Good looking out. Fist pound, bam, dapped him up, shut everyone down, quieted down the room immediately. Had to save my guy. If I didn't, that laughter and all that crushes him. He, his participation in the group diminishes. Couldn't oh, yeah. afford that to happen. Everything in that room, our responsibility is ours, not theirs. Yeah. It makes me think about it. I know you're not a big movie guy, but for, for coaches, we all agree. And I've always asked this question. I'm sure you do too. We can all agree, and, I, and I'd be shocked if no one doesn't, that a player-led team is going to win at a higher clip than a coach-led team. And, and most coaches want their teams to be player-led. So if we go back to thinking about that, there's this three lives of leadership, right? In, in these new Jumanji movies, these characters, now they're in this video game, and they all have three lives. And every time something happens, one of those bars is removed. But in order for them to defeat the opposition and to win the game and to get back to reality, they have to accomplish the mission as a team. You parallel that to your season and everyone being on a team. When these little moments add up, like you said, it doesn't matter that it's just one person, but now you have one less person bringing something to the table that could benefit the entire group. So maybe they started with two lives as opposed to someone having three. We have to be super conscious of that and really mindful of that in encouraging the right behavior. And I know we'll get to that. And it also makes me think about our kids when they're younger. You know, one of our favorite things to do, our, our kids' favorite thing to do right before bed and the millionth time that we tuck them in, tell them goodnight. Hey, hey, can we see the memories? Will you show us the memories? I don't know if your girls look at that at all, but they'll look at our, our memories that pop up on Instagram and Facebook and see what they were doing when they were younger. And there was this one a few weeks ago, my wife and I were looking at with our oldest and he's a baby about 10, 11 months on his tummy. Doesn't even know how to crawl yet. And we put one of his toys, you know, on the other side of the room and he's struggling <laughs> to get up on his arms and start crawling. It sounds kind of silly to parlay this, but my mind goes to it is when our kids are learning how to crawl or walk and they fail, we don't laugh at them and we don't criticize them. And we don't even care that they don't do it. We're like, okay, good, good job. We're, we're coaching them. We're cheering them on to take that next step. And that's what we need to do with our players on our teams because leadership is an intricacy. It's, it's not something that's beyond everyone else, but it's something that you get better at as you go along. And I think for a lot of the times, these moments can be something where you can either encourage someone to take the next step and to keep trying. Right. It's all about the courage, not the content that we talk about. So if they fall down, who cares? But if, if we just allow them to sit there and we don't give them any more courage to take the next step or to try again, they're not going to get any better. They're not going to start crawling. They're not going to walk. And so that's the way that leadership works. You have to crawl before you can walk. And these little moments that we're talking about are how these young people start experiencing leadership. They're willing to put themselves out there. But if no one then jumps in to help save them or to encourage them to keep going, then they're just going to play it safe because they don't want to be put out there like that. Mm -hmm. Hello, this is Kevin Williams from Chick-fil-A and author of Irrational Kindness. And this is today's Leadership Nugget. 
I love how Truett Cathy, who founded Chick-fil-A, kept things simple. He would talk about the importance in the language we used with guests and team. He knew it was something we could all utilize regardless of having money, position, or power. It's free for all of us to use. One example is the idea of responding to a guest saying thank you with my pleasure. This change in language simply delivers a more grateful and unique way to appreciate others in the restaurant and workplace. It can change the way a team member and customers feel cared for, and I would say it even makes the fries and milkshakes taste better. Simple kind wording opens the door for so many more conversations in these relationships. What wording can you use regularly to show a new level of kindness? Now, let's jump back to the episode. It's so important, you know, for, first of all, as you shared, in case anyone's wondering, you said, I'm not a big movie guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. This may be a surprise to some. I, I probably have watched, minus a kid's movie with, with my little ones, like a grown-up movie. I mean, it's probably been like three years, Kyle, since but I've you, seen a movie. <laughs> but you did nail a Star Wars reference on our Nashville I, I did, so I, did I did, impressive. I did. I did, but yeah, not a movie guy, not a movie guy. Just, I don't know, time spent elsewhere. Um, nonetheless, though, I did watch the original Jumanji. I actually didn't even know they were making it or they made a new one. Two of them. Two, two of them? Rock and Kevin Hart, man. They're funny. You got to check them oh, out. Oh, man. Wasn't Robin Williams in the first one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember watching go. that as a little one, as a little guy. So um, this situation is a situation that's, that pops up on teams all the time. Right. I mean, all, all the time. And, and once again, it may not be with a shut the F up response from a player, but maybe it's just resistance. Maybe it's a man, be quiet, bro. Like, chill out, bro. Like, man, stop it. Like, or maybe it's just a body language response uh, that's negative or a turning and ignoring those moments. We our players need to understand are have major consequences, those interactions. And they may seem like small things in the moment, but they, they play and have significant ramifications if, if we're not careful. And, and I think one of the things that's so important as our athletes continue to grow is they need to have their awareness heightened and they need to, they need to recognize in a moment like that, there is a responsibility needed from them. And I think in many regards, you know, when I look at this team and none of the players responding, that in all, from my perspective, that was actually before I had actually taught them any of the followership, thank the passer, uh, first like, anything like that. Now, I'd already taught them lifeguarding, but nonetheless, I'll give them a little bit of a pass that I hadn't taught the followership series yet or framework, where had I done that, I'd been even more disappointed, right? Like, hey, we just yeah. talked about this, right? But but it allowed perfect segue into that lesson. Oftentimes, our players, they do the best with what they know. In those moments, they may not be thinking, this is my responsibility, right? Maybe you get a very small percentage of players that are just really special from a leadership standpoint that may jump in in those moments because they've just been instilled, maybe from an upbringing standpoint. They're really unique, okay? But generally speaking, I think most players just don't view that as their responsibility. They don't see the connection. They don't understand the consequence of what could come out of a situation like that. This is why this episode is existing, because we want to encourage you, coaches, as you have these incidences happen, allow this to be a true teachable moment. 
to remind them that, listen, we've got a couple things that have to, that, that take place in this situation. One, we've got a, you've got to jump in because we've got a red behavior that's starting to make its way into the team. We want to make sure they know, and everybody knows that's unacceptable and not tolerable here, right? Had that player said, shut the F up and three or four people jumped in. It was like, bro, you kidding me? Oh, 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 bro, for real? Yo, check yourself. Like, if they kind of put him in his place, you now have established a statement of standard in the program. You can let everybody in that room know that is not behavior tolerated. When nobody says a word, it opens the door. That eh, maybe it can happen in this room, okay? Because I can tell you, Programs with great leadership, high standards that really hold those standards, you act that way, oh, it gets shut down and crushed. Quickly. You'll have like the army of the team on you, right? Everybody will be on you. So from that regard, listen, you've got to hold that standard and fight for that. And that's your responsibility. That's the first thing. The second thing is you've got to look out after your fellow leader. You have to be their first like. You've got to have their back. So they don't feel discouraged because once again, if that player had done that and then the opponent player, you know, speaks back, but yet two or three or four other teammates jump in and have the leaders back, the leader will feel as encouraged as they would had that leadership been received well. Right. And I think for for the coaches listening or even players on what that might look like, it's important to kind of give an example. And when we're saying jump in, it's not like in anything physical by no means. And it's not like any anything where you're you're really defaming that person who said shut the F up or anything like that. But it's it's one of those instances like, yo, hey, that's not cool here. But then you jump in right after that and say, yo, he was right. You know, you do need to do it like this or basically echoing what that first bit of leadership was to affirm that player. They were right. And what they're saying goes a long way. I don't think we can really wait too long. You know, it would be good and it would be appropriate to catch them in the locker room or later on and be like, hey, yo, what you said out there was right. You were right for saying that. But I think even more in that moment, it's more powerful to one, shut down the red behavior and do so in a constructive way by reaffirming what was said prior to that. I love that you added that on there about not just shutting it down, but also affirming, right? Cause once again, I think that just adds to the encouragement of that leader. Okay. So we always talk the encouragement, discouragement, discourage is to remove it far from encouragements to put courage in when you affirm that leader's stance. Hey, what he was saying was right. You're, you're, encouraging him, your feet, you're fueling him with courage. So you could actually take a moment, a situation where it was, it was potential that we lost the life from that leader. You step in there and encourage, you may have just added a life to that leader. Probably more than one, because from everybody else that was sitting on the sideline, the reason that they didn't jump in is because they weren't sure on how it was going to be received. They didn't know what was going to happen if they would have jumped in and told him that. So if you're that first person that does it, not only have you saved that leader who spoke, but now you're also giving someone else courage who is hesitant to be like, okay, I can step up on this team and talk and and be a little bit more vocal. I feel more comfortable. I feel safe and trusted because a lot of the times they're not jumping out in that moment simply for fear of how it's going to be received. 
So you're not only saving one, but you're saving, I think, multiple leadership lives when you do that. Mm, great call out. Great call out. So whose responsibility is it in those? It's ours. It's not theirs. For those that, and, and how I communicated it to my team, and this is one of the reasons why I love Lead Them Up throughout the course of a season, because, you know, we took that situation incorporated into the followership framework, right? The teachings of that and unpacked it in a very deep level, like we're doing on this episode. I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, there's no guarantee, but the chances of that behavior repeating itself with this team is very slim. It, it now has been unpacked. There's been a new expectation of behavior. There's now an understanding from each of the players on how to engage in the appropriate response in these situations. We are arming them with the tools truly to allow their team to thrive in these settings. Okay. And, and, and that doesn't happen with just like a, a lack of intentionality or maybe a 90 second conversation. Like there's gotta be some unpacking and that's why we are unpacking it in this episode here. But I shared one of the other things is when I see players, you know, not jumping in, it, it tells me they haven't embraced the leadership mindset yet. They just haven't embraced it yet. Like it, it's, it's what we call, it's like in their mind, but not front of mind. It, it's, you know, it's still an afterthought. Right. Not and, the and active. It's, it's not the active thought. Once again, active drives behavior afterthoughts or thoughts. Yes. They're in their head. Yes. They've heard it before, but it's not active. It's not front of mind enough. So it's thought about after. Honestly, I stepped away and just said, I need to be better. I need to be better. I, I haven't taught them well enough. Uh, my work needs to continue from my role. Okay. And if you're a coach here in this, you, listen, if it's an afterthought, your work needs to be better. Right. Because it is clearly in their mind, but not front of mind. They haven't learned it well enough. It hasn't been instilled deep enough to be firmly established. I just walked away and said, OK, listen, we, we got. Oh, man, we just got to keep pouring into them. Got to keep pouring into them because when they don't speak, it, it demonstrates their leadership mindset is not strong enough, not positioned where it needs to be at this moment. It's in there. Right. It's just not where it needs to be. And, and that just, that created, that creates fuel, right? That that's momentum or um, motivation for me and my role with this, this team and all the teams I work with just keep, keep teaching it. Yeah. I think keep for all, it. for all coaches out there, that, that is kind of the motivation is, that, you know, all of the seasons are long and it's not just the in season months that you're working with these individuals. And there are going to be, moments where things like this happen. And I think that's the value of going through lead them up throughout the season is, as you mentioned, they are now equipped. The players are equipped after experiencing this to handle it in the future. And I think when you get to the end of the season or you get to those big games and tournaments and you're trying to win championships, what separates those teams when all things with talent are relatively equal are the ones that have a tighter connection, the ones that can can communicate with each other on a deeper level and the ones that have that just sense of trust. And so as you navigate through the season, using these stories and, and examples that we're sharing, use it with your players almost as you were going through it to help teach them and let them experience. They, they love stories. They love the examples. And when you go through that with them, it's equipping them for those moments when it comes up because it's going to come up sooner or later. 
Yeah. And, and I'll finish with this, you know, one of the players I worked with for about four years, um, who's now in like a high profile national stage is a guy named Brian Breezy. Uh, Breezy plays for Clemson, defensive tackle. So he was projected to go in the top 10 in the draft this year, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a stud. He's a stud. Great kid. Right. He was actually one of our first ever green 13 winners. He won that first year. Love Brian, love his whole family. And obviously he's been in the news a lot because he just lost his sister to cancer, but uh, which was really sad and tragic. Ella, if you saw some of their tributes, Ella strong. Mm-hmm. Well, early on in his high school career, he transferred, uh, transferred from a um, school, right. And in, in where I'm at roughly uh, down to a school, Damascus high school who in, in Maryland powerhouse from a football program. And Based on all the circumstance, I thought the transfer was the appropriate move for him. And and I've spent time with both programs, where he came from and where he went to. And I remember asking him after he transferred and had now been in this new program for six months or so, you know, obviously recognizing that the new school is a powerhouse, great tradition. I said, what's the difference? Like, like what, what do you honestly feel is the difference, like from this program compared to where you were? And he, he said to me, he said, the players in, in here, they just don't tolerate anything less than the standard. They just don't play around. He, he said, just like that, he's like, they just don't tolerate it, man. They don't play around. Like, if, if you come in here and you start kind of slacking or giving half, like, they just don't play around with you. They're like That's on good. you. They're on you. They're driving you. They're riding you. They're pushing you. They're encouraging you, right? They recognize success and where we want to go. The responsibility is all of ours and holding these standards and, and raising performance. This is a team effort it takes everybody. And, you know, he stepped in there and he, he was just like, dude, that is everybody. If you, you start slacking, you'll have like a whole team on you. Mm-hmm. And, and when a team really wants it, that that's how it, that's how it is. That's how when you raise the really, level. That's how you raise the level. When a team really, really wants it, they don't tolerate it. They recognize the responsibility is ours. So coaches, hopefully today's episode helped you kind of just maybe slow down and pause and reflect a little bit to your response in various moments. If you were a player listening to this or coaches, if you share this with a player, player recognize that, you know, this isn't their issue. This isn't their responsibility. No, it's ours. And if you truly want to embrace that leadership mindset, you'll recognize your role in this, that you need to jump in and step in, help remove that behavior from existing in the program, have your fellow leaders back. So they then in turn feel more empowered to do more of it. So much is needed in those little moments and if we miss them there are consequences at hand so hopefully today kind of encouraged you kind of raise some awareness kyle appreciate you as always i'm adam he is kyle on behalf of the entire lead em up team have fun and lead them up